in this period uh, this morning uh, with you. I'd like to take a little time to uh, give the general overview and to include primarily the meditation uh, instructions, small uh, reminders with regard to uh, the four postures. In terms of the uh, 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 overview, the priority, we might say, with the teachings, in fact falls into three important and primary uh, uh, areas. And in this case, quite often uh, relating around the motivations and the uh, intentions. So this word uh, Buddha, generally in uh, memory and in everyday conventional usage, it uh, applies to uh, Gautama, uh, who was a prince of the Sakyans, the famous story of uh, leaving home, running away, abandoning of uh, wife and child on some spiritual uh, search. And the outcome of that, uh, becoming a Buddha. And become, of course, one of the most uh, famous uh, stories in uh, human history. There's a usefulness and a relevance but perhaps more important than uh, that story is the remarkable potential of human beings to wake up, which is the core meaning of Buddha, it is one who wakes up. Quite easy in this uh, world that we are living in to sleepwalk through this existence. To live in the, the dream world of self, me, or me and my family, or me and my group. To live in a kind of restriction. To feel contracted to imagine one is living in the real world but one might be living from the rather famous film in a matrix in a small box not realising how confined we are defined restricted by our notion of self ego and I and my. So the famous one line in the <coughs> teachings is Buddhang Sadhanang Gachami. Waking up, I go for refuge, I go in the direction of waking up. It's regarded as a jewel of life, a great jewel. And the second is 
the commitment, it's the same thing as going for refuge, going towards, uh, is in the Dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A in the Sanskrit, D-H-A-M-M-A in the Pali language. The literal meaning is that which gives support. That's the little Dharma. That which gives support. So, in our daily life, that which gives us support, sometimes from within, calmness, clarity, insight, that which gives support from outside, maybe the voice of the uh, other, recognition of the support from the uh, environment, rather lovely uh, gardens here of the Thai Monastery, the meditation centre, and that combination of inner and outer support, the practices, the teachings, the forms, the methods, and much, much more, is a useful resource which has one primary purpose to wake us up. Not sleepwalk through life. And to face it, to some degree, our sitting on the meditation cushion, our walking and our standing, in a way, is facing our existence, looking at it mindfully and clearly and see what is going on with our existence. And sometimes, what the hell is going on with our existence? It could be that too. And the third, it's never been conceived of, in the Buddha's Dharma, of it's a personal thing. It's no, uh, not an emphasis. Sometimes it's all, it's all about the personal. So to break away from that solitary, isolated, personal endeavour, <coughs> which is often message often goes out in this way so it's then from Dhammang Saranang Gacchami I go for refuge I make a commitment to the Dharma to, to wake up I can make a commitment to that which gives support many traditions practices contemporary and ancient environmental and inner all give support it's not a, a Buddhist thing here and the third, Sangang Saranangajami. And uh, Sangha literally means gathering. So in ancient India, all gatherings were called Sanghas. So if the political people gathered together, that was the Sangha of the politicians. If the administrators got together, that was the Sangha of the administrators. If the uh, Brahmins got together, if the elders in the village got together. So the Buddha just took the everyday word of the time and called it a Sangha, like any other group of people meeting together with a purpose. And the importance of this is it, it is a break away from the traditional idea and viewpoint that the truth is within you. 
the reality is within you. You can only do it by yourself. Actually, I've not met anybody who's done it that way at all yet. Been around a few years. White hair confirms it. So, human beings, we need and benefit greatly and immensely from the support of other people. I think it would be rather naive to think that we don't. And that good support, in this case, in the purpose of the Dharma, as a contribution to the waking up, and our ability, capacity to be in friendship with each other, to meet on a retreat with each other, to have small groups together, uh, elsewhere, and much, much more. The Sangha meets for the inquiry, for the meditations, for the mindfulness, for the sharing of experiences as a contribution to our waking up. It's not an isolated, personal, solitary event. There may be times for that, for sure. The privilege of spending uh, nine, ten months, whatever it was, in a, in a cave is, of course, very solitary, but the great support system around for that even as well. So in our practices, we say, well, there, there are these other kinds of jewels, what we call them, diamonds and pearls and rubies, and you could have a bucket load of all of those jewels, small change, frankly. The real jewels of life are in the waking up, in the exploration, and in the company of the like-minded people who give us support. These are real jewels. <clears throat> and so they are called the three jewels. With the day, and uh, the fullness of the day, Sajindra and I, <coughs> having breakfast together uh, uh, this morning, and many years since uh, 2002, if I remember uh, uh, rightly, she was mentioning to me that when she and husband were living um, in the United States, would uh, regularly go to the uh, uh, center of uh, lovely monk Gunaratna, and he uh, wrote a teaches retreats and meditation and vipassana and mindfulness, a, a much-loved book called um, Mindfulness, for in Mindfulness in Plain English. And I remember uh, um, when I got the reminder this morning, if I may say, of this particular book, because one of my beloved publishers, after this book came out, and they invited me to write a book. And the publisher said, Christopher, you should read this book. Why can't you write a book like this? This is, this is what a really good mindfulness book is. Like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> so after that I, uh, I read the book. But no, I'm not in the same league. It's a really, really fine book and would, would recommend it. And this precious monk, He's now uh, a little bit older than me, so he's in his uh, 90s, still teaching, still writing. Yeah, I like the energy. 
we'll see. <laughs> so, with the mindfulness and the day here, and a little explanation uh, as well uh, uh, with you, and uh, Sir has been here with us uh, for the past uh, four years in her home city here in India, uh, has a, a regular group of people meeting together, meditating together, a reading together, sharing of experiences together. In this kind of form is very much uh, used and very much appreciated in all parts of the world. It's once again the Sangha of women and men coming together to share. Very, very, very uh, precious. <clears throat> so after this time uh, with you I'll write down um, some of your good names and we'll be meeting with you a number of you today that would start at 12 o'clock uh, for about 10 minutes there and outdoors and sunshine and then another group will start sorry not more one-to-one will start at 4.50 so you'll see at times and our names and we'll be seeing more people tomorrow and between us uh, We'll see all, all of you um, uh, um, over, over the days here uh, together. <coughs> with the day itself, just a reminder, with the four uh, postures, uh, in the sitting posture as with the other four, to uh, remember the, in a way the importance of the back with uh, mindfulness and meditation. A long single line of the body is a, a great uh, support. It really expands the heart, liver, the spleen, the organs of the body, the blood, the energies can flow a lot more uh, freely and it's that quiet application of the tall upright posture which is not only a health benefit but also contributes to some harmony of uh, body and mind. Well worth while. Sometimes when we're a little heavy with life, when circumstances are weighing upon us, we forget that the weight of an issue in the mind, it weighs something. And if we kind of submit into the weight, the body will begin to reflect the weight. The body will slump, will we'll feel down, will feel heavy with life. And it is quite a challenge to keep the dignity, keep the uprightness, to keep steady in the face of things which are difficult. Walk tall, sit tall with this life. In the sitting uh, meditation, the primary object at the moment is the mindfulness of breathing. The uh, mindfulness of breathing is a precious resource for the reduction of stress, a major aspect of this, greater uh, relaxation. And that reduction of stress, it contributes to releasing and enabling en more energy. Much Tiredness and especially the excess of tiredness uh, is due to the tensions and the pressure and uh, the acts of the will power there 
and we just get exhausted whatever that might be about so we really wish to take a quiet interest without all that intensity which I mentioned to you yesterday evening to see whether we can just breathe in, breathe out in a conscious and mindful way and just stay steady with it to really feel close to the body cl therefore close to life close to the vibrancy of life staying quietly steady with it of course the mind will wander it can wander near and far it's not uh, pulling uh, back the mind with force you know, into the living present but it's quietly renewing the interest in this immediate experience to stay steady with this immediate experience make at the moment this the priority and quite often people report that on the outgoing breath there is more likelihood of the mind wandering someone breathes in feels the air element through the nose into the lungs and a little extra care, a little extra mindfulness on the exhalation and with that there is the potential, not perfectly to make the mindfulness of breathing practice the uh, primary event in the, at, currently in the sitting it is useful when coming to the end of the sitting to give a moment or two, a short reflection what was the quality of the meditation did one feel, generally, not perfect, but generally speaking sitting, breathing was the primary event did one experience waves of tiredness or boredom were there lots of thoughts about, oh, what am I doing here? Or, I didn't think it would be this hard. Why aren't I experiencing bliss at 9.30 in the morning on the first day? Or whatever it might be. So, just catching, with primary interest with the breath, we come to the end of the sitting, we have a quiet look back over the period of time, how is that just generally speaking? So we're then applying mindfulness to the very recent past. If we keep forgetting to do this in life, the past will catch us up and trouble will be in store. We need to be mindful and learn something and be clear about something with regard to the past. Yeah. And then we come into the next say sitting period and we practice again <clears throat> with the walking period it's uh, engaged in uh, individually can be on the pathways outside can be at the back of the hall if you wish can be on the lawn and so forth you only need a short distance for that if you wish so it could be 10 or 15 meters and a meditative mindful walking is a real slowing down with the walking 
you know, quite often with everyday conventional walking here and elsewhere we've kind of got in mind mostly the destination get up earlier on walk to the hall that's the destination we finish the first sit of the day go to breakfast that's the destination here the priority has nothing to do with destination it's to do with the event it's called walking to really feel the being a human being on this earth connected grounded walking up and down the walking up and down the primary object with the mindfulness is the contact of the feet with the ground you feel yourself walking on this earth not for any special reason not to go anywhere but just to experience this walking and out of that there's a potential for a depth of calmness for some insight for understanding and for liberation there is the standing meditation like a few things in, in the meditator's world it tends to be the poor cousin of the, of the four postures uh, so when I was a monk in the monastery we had the uh, application of all the four postures which I uh, uh, appreciate and one of those was the standing so on one side of the meditation hall the monks and the novices we did our standing that was I remember from three till four every day and on the other side of the meditation hall uh, the nuns from the kids to the very elderly they did their standing meditation it, it might take a little while if you've not done it before first time yeah. the body has to adjust so maybe some pain in the knees or in the lower back or whatever yeah. but a little bit of practice so it might, first time might be 5 or 10 minutes then you need to change the posture you bend, you stretch, you take a couple of steps a bit more practice 15 or 20 minutes a bit more practice one can stand half an hour 45 minutes or whatever and be as uh, silent and as still and as uh, upright as the tall trees in the sangha of the trees so it's not easy but life isn't easy so why should standing meditation be easy and in the standing meditation and then there are lots of occasions in day to day life where we find ourselves standing standing in the queue standing to wait to meet somebody who doesn't turn up in Britain standing uh, meditation waiting for the train which also may not turn up uh, etc so rather than the agitation the irritation and the stress we say okay this is standing meditation that one of my amongst the many spots where I do the standing meditation is when the uh, luggage has arrived on the carousel there tends to be a lot of impatience and agitated energy uh, around 
wanting the luggage to appear, fearful that it won't appear, and all the tiredness that goes along with all of that. Say, no, no. If we had a bit more sanity in our society, we'd have a whole sangha of meditators at the carousel, calmly doing standing meditation, contentedly, peacefully together, etc. So, make good use of the standing meditation, it can be a real benefit and save one from a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of agitation, which doesn't help, doesn't make the luggage come any quicker. So this is our practice. <clears throat> With the reclining posture, again, sometimes people take a mat, to, not in this section, this is for the uh, sitting yogis and the standing yogis, but take some mats or whatever, and you can do it in the hall, and obviously uh, in one's room uh, with regard to the bed. Very, very common voice, which I hear very, very regularly, means every single retreat and outside of it as well, is the difficulty of getting to sleep. Really widespread phenomenon, this one. And it isn't uh, uh, easy, and the loss or the absence or the breakup of the sleep will, like everything else, have causes and conditions which contribute to it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's uh, worthwhile if you're one of those who find it difficult to sleep to engage in a little um, experimentation here and also at home and elsewhere. Same principle as the other postures. Energy can flow more freely and easily in the straight line rather than in the cramped posture. To be exceptionally still, relax the whole being on top of the mattress uh, and just let the mind as much as possible rest in the body, in the sensations in the life of the body from um, head to toes. Keeping quietly relaxed and very, very still. It may contribute to the channel from the waking state to the sleep state kind of opening more easily even if one doesn't get to sleep there but at least one is maximizing the rest because one's not getting agitated or worried or thinking uh, about <clears throat> why can't I sleep or I'm going to feel terrible tomorrow and all of that just agitates the system there. But with, with some practice, a little bit with the posture, and in some situations, of course, your diet will be very important, the amount of food that you eat, what you uh, eat before sleep, the time that you eat, what's the time between eating and going to sleep, eat sometimes the direction of the body, in the sleeping posture, um, what the pillow is like, and lots of little small details. If you're one of those who really have difficulty in sleeping at night, it's going to require some experimentation so you can make this flow with confidence 
and sometimes finding the rhythm that gives you the best support. And the mindfulness and the meditation will help with the sleep a great deal because the energy can flow more easily in the day and then flow more easily into the sleep at night. All practice for the good peace of mind, the good welfare of your being. <coughs> so we're engaged in the four postures, sitting, walking, standing um, and reclining uh, there and as much as possible to really value rather equally all four postures. So let's have a little uh, quiet period of some uh, meditation uh, together, checking with the posture initially, as uh, mentioned, the mindfulness of the breathing uh, in and out, and with the uh, little extra attention to the outgoing breath and sometimes there are some moments before the body needs to draw the next in-breath if that's the case be quiet, be patient and the body will just inhale when it needs the extra air and exhale if you're feeling a little tired it might be useful to breathe in a little bit longer a little bit uh, deeper. With uh, regard to uh, the silence uh, there, keep in terms of uh, the breathing, just check that uh, as, as we breathe, not making a great uh, breathing noise, because others <coughs> who are sitting nearby may not find it very thrilling or exciting to listen to. So we take a little care there. If during the sitting you're experiencing quite a lot of pain and discomfort, stay <coughs> as much as you can with the mindfulness of the breathing there. When it feels too painful, uh, mindfully, Remember, mindfully, therefore not reactively, quietly change the posture, stretch the back a little bit, change the leg position, or whatever you need to do. Rest a little while in the new position, there, and then with a view to returning back to the original position. So it's not flight, nor escape, moving away from returning back into it. Alright, so we'll have a, a <coughs> pardon me, a sitting uh, uh, period for a while.